With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Drivers, start your Race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network, and welcome to the Drafting the Circuits program. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we have a myriad of topics to uh, get through tonight. A lot going on this week in the world of motor racing. Joining me, I have my two good friends, Richard Uden and Louise Torres. Fellas, how are we doing? Uh, we're good, thank you. Yourself? Wonderful. It's been going, taking it a day at a time. That's all you can do, my man. All you can do. All right. So, like I said, that's uh, there's a lot to talk about. So let's try uh, not to linger too long on any one topic, uh, so that we kind of get everything in. You know, it's uh, it's been a while since we had so much news to cram into one show. Uh, just a very busy week. But let's start in Iowa, where uh, the Indy cars had a doubleheader. They had a 250 mile race and then a 300 mile race, uh, consecutive days, Saturday and Sunday. Um, and what we saw in Iowa, right, was a shining example uh, of how a promoter can put together a fantastic and successful event. Um, my gosh, Hyvie did a wonderful job. Uh, again, they've they've been in the series a couple of years as a, you know, first as an associate sponsor and then as a part time sponsor. Now they've taken on uh, title sponsorship of this race weekend and. Man, they knocked it out of the park. Uh, first and foremost, they filled the stands both days. Um, roughly, I think Iowa has about 35,000 uh, permanent seats. Uh, sold all those out. Um, they put, a, put on a great show. That they, they filled the place. They had a lot of uh, uh, extra activities. They had four big concerts, uh, bookending each race, you know, one before, one after. All big name acts. And they had a lot of really neat uh, activation kind of things at the track. One of the things that I saw... And Hy-Vee being, if you're not familiar with them, uh, they're a grocery store chain. So they have like little mini Hy-Vee stores in little temporary buildings there at the track where you could go on in there, get your, get your, you know, get your bottle of water, get your snacks, get your sunscreen, get what you need for the race uh, and buy them. And if you're a Hy-Vee customer, use your, you know, Hy-Vee rewards card and stuff, but uh, really neat activation there to put their, put their, get their brand name out there and let people see what they're about. But, uh, uh, and, and again, race were on NBC, whereas prior Iowa race were on NBCSN. So we had the highest TV ratings for Iowa races that we had ever. Uh, mind you, you know, the IndyCar ratings are still dragging behind, uh, you know, NASCAR and CRX and Formula One. 
But um, again, a very successful weekend. A lot of people coming out of there happy. Uh, probably happiest coming out of there was a uh, certain Mr. Will Power, who who uh, took two poles and two podiums. He didn't didn't win one of the races, but took a tremendous gain in the points. Uh, he's only a few behind Marcus Erickson now, but uh, he's also pulled to, pulled really close to the Mario Andretti for that record for most poles. And winning two poles, I, somebody had said to Stad to say, this is the only time in racing history that one man has earned two poles within 45 seconds. So, because they, the, you know, the way they did the qualifying, it was two laps, you know, lap one for race one, lap uh, two for lap two. So, but, but our winners were uh, Joseph Newgarden on uh, day one and Potter Ward on uh, day two. Award again, finished second in race one. So a good points day for him. But uh, Louise, you got a chance to watch. And we'll we'll get into talking about uh, Joseph Newgarden uh, in a bit. But let's talk about the uh, on track real quick. It's honestly no surprise for race one a Newgarden was in control. I mean, when you look at the last few races, it's been Team Penske's playground. They all they want all but I think they enter Iowa winning five out of the last six races, and they exited Iowa winning now six out of the last eight. Because Newgarden, we talked about it briefly last week that he he has an act of getting around Iowa, and he showed it again, and. But the biggest thing I think that came out of that weekend, especially in race number one, how Jimmy Johnson was able to bounce back from an early spin to get to just miss out in the top 10. But the biggest thing is he logged laps out in front for the first time ever. He's led eight, he led 18 laps in that whole ordeal, albeit it was trying to get a strategy to work up. But of course, that didn't pan out like a lot of instances where you're trying to try a unique strategy more often than not, it just doesn't pan out. Yeah. And I think, I think, think yeah, I think part of Jimmy's problem in race one was the tire degradation too, Mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, but I think he, the fact that he got, uh, you know, a second crack to go back to the same track again, one day later uh, when he performed well, and then he did even better on day two, finished fifth. Yeah, he did a lot better. And before Kyle Kirkwood been in in turn one, he was one of the very few cars that was, try- that was trying to hang on on the lead lap at, at the proof of point. Not talking about top 15, top three. We're talking about the top five being the only ones on the lead lap at one point in the race because of green flag stops and also up no or no yellows. So that narrow, that kind of also showed how strong Penske were because it was looking like it's going to be between New Garden and Power. Then, of course, what happened on lap 236, it kind of changed the, pr- the complexion of the race, the season, and the championship, depending how you look at it. Yeah, yeah. So, but let's, uh, Richard, you get a chance to watch the races from Iowa? I did, yeah. I watched most of them. I thought they were, they were pretty entertaining races. Um, yeah, I mean, any, those, yeah, those, yeah. Uh, anytime you're clicking off laps that fast, man, it's pretty frenetic to watch. Yeah, it's exciting. Oh, yeah, I mean, th- those three guys there that you were mentioning, you know, the award, New Garden, and, and Power sort of pretty much had that place locked up, didn't they? Um, you know, I thought there were, uh, th- there were some pretty, pretty good racing and some, some good results there. And it was, you know, interesting. You mentioned, um, you know, about the engagement with, with Hyvie, you know, I thought they did a great job. It's just, uh, you know, you wonder if they'd look into increase their exposure, uh, within the sport, you know, obviously I know they're, uh, are they a full-time sponsor of uh, the 45 or, or pre no, they 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 they're a full time sponsor of the yeah Jack Harvey car. You know, and I'm not saying that they're not doing well, but you know, you look at his results so far this year, and they haven't been 
outstanding and you'd you know you'd wonder if you know you maybe they look at uh, you know maybe increasing their exposure uh not only with the race but maybe with a more prominent um you know more prominent uh, you know the team perhaps yeah yeah but i mean the the, the end result that you know a lot of people say you know indycar needs more ovals right and then you know the counter argument is well people don't show up for ovals and they say well, people don't show up because the because they don't promote the ovals but this yeah. goes to show that if you take all three of those promote the oval <laughs> you'll get people to come to the oval oh for and, sure, then, yeah. and then and then and then you get more ovals i mean so yeah. there you go so i i yeah. uh hi by all accounts is absolutely thrilled with the way their their event came off the drivers were thrilled the fans uh i've heard nothing but positive comments from folks that went so uh yeah yeah and then people stayed an extra hour to see uh oh what's his name uh blake shelton blake shelton who's and, been and, appearing and, a lot of races this year across yeah uh, yeah IndyCar. and then um uh mark Wahlberg was there on side i guess one of the other things hyvie has some sort of an agreement with with uh, the Wahlberg brothers burger chain Wahlburgers. So they had a, a Wahlburgers there on site, complete with Mark Wahlberg right there. And I, I've never seen so many IndyCar drivers put pictures on their personal Twitters and whatnot with, oh, it's me and Mark Wahlberg, you know? Yeah, there were <laughs> several of them, and it kind of shows you he's come a long way from being just a pretty boy dance rapper to now oh, one of more renowned actors in the I, industry. I love Mark Wahlberg. I think, I think he's a fantastic actor. Uh, you know, when you're talking, you know, drama action or comedy, I think the guy is great, but uh, we'll save that for our movie podcast. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, yeah. Let's, well, talk let's, about... let's talk about new garden. Okay. Yeah. So, so new garden, uh, dominate and rat race two crashed out. Um, you know, it went to the uh, infield care center. He was clear, checked out, went back to his trailer. And then sometime later, he lost consciousness and fell down, actually hit his head. So from there, they airlifted him to the hospital. And, and the, I know the airlift sounds, oh, my God, what was wrong? But the airlift was mainly to beat traffic. Um, yeah, that's where, all where it he, was. Yeah, where he was evaluated again, held overnight for observation. They said all the scans came back negative. He was able to um you know get a, a full ct scan at the hospital i guess for whatever reason they no longer have a mobile ct scanner at the track i know cart used to have one i don't know why they don't have one now but that was in uh, dr billis comments that we don't have the uh equipment to do deeper scans at the track which is a little concerning uh but uh you know the the response time that we have this day and age and, uh, you know, the medevac right there, uh, it's not a huge issue. But so the question is, is Newgarden OK? He's got to be reevaluated and that'll be tomorrow. And by the time you hear this podcast, the news will have come and gone. Uh, but right now, as we speak, Newgarden's um, status is up in the air and it's going to be if the doctors clear him, I think Cindric, Tim Cindric said, if the doctors clear him and he still doesn't feel comfortable racing, they'll respect his wishes. Well, cause it's, you know, it's, we certainly want to make sure that, uh, that he's well enough to get in the car, but, but here's a guy who's in the thick of the championship. I can't imagine that, uh, that he will lay out if the doctors clear him. Now, if the doctors do not clear him, Penske has Santino Ferrucci lined up. They've already, um, they've got a plan in place to, uh, pick up Ferrucci's existing seat and seat belts from uh, Dreyer Reinbold Racing, who uh, Santino raced the 500 for them. 
So they're going to get all his, his gear there. Uh, they've, they've measured him for a driver's suit. They actually, uh, cause Santino happened to be in Charlotte. They were, they were able to get it, get him in and meet with him and give him some time on, on their IndyCar simulator. So, uh, yeah, uh, but Santino's slated to run the Xfinity race. Yes, he is but, slated but to run my, the my, under, my understanding is if he gets the opportunity to run the Penske car, he will fo- forego the Xfinity race. Yeah. Um, and I don't know who they're going to put in that car. But again, this should all be settled by the time you hear this podcast uh, when New Garden goes to the hospital on Thursday. Yeah, and I think if anything, if Santino has to forego to 26 Toyota for Sam Hunt Racing, I wouldn't be surprised if they go for either John Hunter Nemechek, John Hunter Nemechek or Parker Chase, who right. has driven the 26 car before. Yeah, well, the, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> go ahead. I was like, almost done explaining. We so happened to all be an IRP because that's where ARCA and trucks are running in Indianapolis Raceway Park. But for Santino, if he gets that opportunity to drive the two car, this will be the grandest opportunity he's gonna he's got in an Indy car period. Exactly. Yeah, he, he's not in the thick of the championship in either series. He's part time in both, so he doesn't stand to lose anything by sitting out. Uh, the Xfinity race, other than perhaps a paycheck that, that that he was maybe expecting. But I would imagine that, you know, Penske is not, you know, asking him to provide his services for free. You know, <laughs> I imagine that he's uh, got a got a paycheck there, too. But the, to see him in a top level car um, is, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be I, I'd love to see what he could do. But of course, ultimately, I want to see Newgarden in that car on Saturday. Is um, yeah, one thing that sort of struck me here a little bit is that um, you know it, it appears that I know I don't know maybe wrong here, but Frucci uh, isn't the sort of reserve driver for Penske by any stretch of imagination, and it, it's almost like oh he's going to be free, let's pick him up. So I'm surprised to certain that they don't have a dedicated reserve driver to take that seat. Um, yeah, I, mean, I was there. thinking like a Dane Cameron or whoever they had on their rostrum to be under, but I'm guessing they want to put somebody that has with experience rather than bring an IMSA guy just for a one and done at most. You, deal. Could, uh, you could bring Austin, Austin Sindrick and he could get his win at Indianapolis. Yeah, there you go. That's sure you sure could. Yeah. To the 500. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Penske does not, I guess, have a, a lot of teams don't have a dedicated reserve driver because you've seen uh, actually Santino subbed for um, Yunkos earlier this year and he subbed for uh, Harvey at Texas, Harvey at Texas this year. Right. So I guess Santino's kind of like the super sub uh, that's out there. But we've, we've seen other guys. Oliver Askew pulled into sub in a race last mm-hmm. year um didn't you say that um ryan hunter ray is like the official reserve driver at ganassi yes yes and that is more of a unique situation that is uh that ganassi has that going on ryan hunter ray is the reserve driver for chip ganassi and we'll you know that'll be a good segue into talking about alex Palou and the contract woes right uh mm-hmm. i mean so much so they're so serious about that that on an indycar weekend Ryan Hunter Ray is has to make sure that wherever he goes, he's within a two hour drive of an airport just in case they need to, to call on him, 
which is, you know, that's not limiting you too much. There's airports all over the country, all over the world, really. But um, yeah, they are. That's part of his contract there. He drives for them in IMSA, but he is their dedicated reserve driver in, in the case of a driver injury or uh, any other reason why a driver may not be able to compete. They could always call it Boris said. You could call Boris said, yeah. Yeah, sure. I think he's yeah. looking for work right now. You, you can see what Roberto Moreno's up to. <laughs> or he was. Uh, I don't know if if they're in dire, go get Scott Pruitt out of out of retirement, put him back in a Ganassi car. Yeah, I know Paul Tracy's around, right? Marco's around. You know, well, not, well <laughs> even with his arm right now. And by the way, Marco That's true, yeah. is your SRX champion. Marco is your SRX champion. Yes, that was another On technicality. Another item yeah. this week. Oh, yeah, it took it took a while for people to kind of get the gist of why he was awarded the extra points of five flags. But it, what would have been helpful would have been had this series explain that way back when it happened instead of after the fact. You and know, I think they were on a tight TV window, so I don't think they had time to explain it, which is unfortunate for their part because they got a tight two hour window. Yeah, but he's that that six points has been on his thing the whole season long since five flags so but nobody questioned it until he won the championship by two points or three points or yeah, whatever it was nobody so. talks about the championship until the final race of the year period this is quite true this is quite true but let's get back to alex below yeah so the, the the news this morning is that chip ganassi has filed suit against alex below now to if you haven't heard the story yeah, you know, Polo Ganassi announced that they had signed Polo to a, a contract extension for 2023. Polo shot back with, "Oh, I told the team I was leaving. I did not make that quote you put in the press release." And then a few hours later, the press release comes out for McLaren that they have signed Alex Polo for 2023. And then, of course, Ganassi comes back with, "No, that's not the case. He's under contract with us." Now, since then, Polo's been a little quiet. Uh, he's not really answering any questions on that. He did race for the team at the last race. He is expected to race at the Gallagher Grand Prix coming up here. Um, the team says they are still committed to winning races and, and working on the championship with him. Uh, so, but, but here's the thing, right? Here's the thing that a lot of people are missing. There's a lot of people waving fingers, right? And by people, I mean, you know, not just folks in the industry, but just casual observers as well. But, Who's the victim and who's the villain in this case? You know what I mean? You got people saying, oh, well, Chip is just, you know, trying to keep the guy down. You other people said, oh, Zach Brown is trying to poach all the good drivers uh, by dazzling them with Formula One contracts. Or you have, oh, Palou, you know, called Chip Ganassi a liar publicly and uh, won't keep up his end of the bargain. So, so you got to say, OK, so everybody's in the wrong, right? Or or some folks are in the wrong, some folks are in the right. But but the the thing I mean, that the thing to me that's crystal clear is that there is gray area in the way his extension is written because he felt like or he told McLaren he was free to sign with anybody he wanted to, which and you know I'm I'm sure you know Palou is managed by this company called. Uh, Monaco increase management, right? They represent a couple of the drivers, um, Pascal Verline, and then I think uh, David Vidalis. But uh, but Palou by far is their highest profile candidate. Um, yeah, I mean, sorry, it, it, it does remind me a little bit of the uh, in the early to mid two thousands, the whole Jensen Button Williams BAR Renault sort of merry go round, wasn't it? When 
I want to drive for you, but I don't have a contract with you and I don't want to drive for them, but I have a contract with them and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, at the end of the day, you can't make a driver that doesn't want to drive for you, drive for you fundamentally. Um, right. Yeah. You can put him in the car, think, but, but if he ain't going to win yeah. a race and then, and the other thing coming out yeah. is Ganassi's refusing to share data with him now. Hmm. So yeah. and that's, that's certainly to be, that's to, to be expected a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. everything is expecting different, but I think if you look at it, um, you know, the, the, what Ganassi are trying to do here is get money at McLaren pure and simple. Um, I, I don't, you know, obviously if there has been, yeah, Zach Brown apparently turned around and said, I, I, you know, I'd never saw, I haven't seen, um, blue's contract. You know, it's not my place to go and look at a driver's contract with another team. I'm sorry. You know every word of that contract. You yeah, don't yeah, sign you, somebody yeah, out yeah. of contract, you know, if you haven't read that player's that that uh, that driver's contract. And and Zach Brown is a smart and astute enough uh, to to know that. So I, I take what he says there with a little uh, little pinch of the salt on that one. But um, I think that uh, you know, Pelos obviously a, a fantastic driver. Um, you know, uh, McLaren are going for this sort of. I don't want to be controversial when I say this, but this wealth of just below the top tier level driver in drivers in IndyCar. You know, and when I say top gear, I'm talking about Scott Dixon now. If, if rumors are true, they did approach Scott a couple of years ago. Will Power, Newgarden, Herter, guys like that are, are what I would consider the top talents in uh, IndyCar at the moment. And, you know, so they're going for like the, I wouldn't call them B list, but they like A minus list. If you follow me, you know, in, in I'm not saying that award isn't maybe at the same category, but didn't have the same experience, the same you know um, quality results. Uh, you know, very very good drivers, but are they really the guys that are going to win you a championship on a regular basis? You know, Polo did it by consistency. You know, I, I that's my one criticism of IndyCar in a way. I think sometimes you want to see guys win championships by by raw speed rather than consistency. Well, if you want championships by raw speed, Will Power would have six of them. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Oh, no, no, for sure. For yeah, sure. yeah. You know? So, but, um, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's one of the knocks on Will. He's as many races and polls as he's won. Still just the one championship to show for it, you know. Same with Elio. Elio could never, yeah. never close out a championship. But you look but, at Dario, on the other hand, you know, didn't probably the years well, when he did win the championships. I don't think he won the most races in any of those years, did he? Um, uh, maybe one. Maybe the year he came back. But yeah, you have a good point. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But that's been the Ganassi thing. Yeah, you may not yeah. win the most races, but if you were strong and consistent and put a, be on the low, like what we're seeing with Ericsson right now, it'll yeah. pay off in the long run. But that's 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 getting off topic here. But yeah, I think it's interesting what McLaren are doing. They're they're obviously sort of filling their stable with with guys that probably you know uh, I, I no I don't matter I don't you know I know he's a champion, but I'm sure Polo is not on the same money that Newgarden or Herta would be demanding or Will Power would be demanding. So I think these are astute. Well, I think that's buys, part of Polo's like. problem is he's not getting the money that he thinks he's worth from Ganassi. And 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 and. Not surprised, you know. And right. I, oh, I yeah. Fully understand where he's coming from. Yeah, we see that um, all the time with sports. When you're on, a, when you all of a sudden achieve success right out of get you want more money. We see that in baseball all the time, and I would obviously we see that all the time in sports. Period. All right. Um, but anyway, the last thing I wanted to touch on the blue thing, because I again we've got a ton of topics to cover, is um, that the uh, Zach Brown is kind of publicly said that he's not gonna 
do any sort of payout of uh, Palou's contract. He said that that uh, if there's any payout, that would have to come from Palou's management uh, company. So uh, Zach's kind of saying, hey, I, you know, I'm the victim here. I thought the guy was free yeah, to sign. Right. So, yeah. So, oh, we'll, come on. I know. Well, I'm just telling you, his, public, know, his everybody's everybody's posturing right now. Mm-hmm. So this will be interesting to see how it ends up. But I, I really believe when the smoke clears, um, you, you know, Palu will be uh, alongside uh, Award in the McLaren. Felix will be in Formula E. And then somebody's going to yeah, Rossi being the other McLaren, yeah, and then somebody will get a great opportunity for that ten car. So, yeah. all right, yeah. but let's uh, let's. So we got uh, Gallagher Grand Prix coming up. So, anybody uh, want to make a quick pick for the IndyCar? I'm gonna go with Will Power. <laughs> Jeez, right. Yeah, go, go yeah, pull pull one out the hat there, Louis. Jeez, um, yeah, you just, <laughs> just, just stole my pick. So, um, let's go with ay, ay, ay. Uh, you go. If he races, if, if he, he races, um, if he doesn't race, Dixon, I'm gonna go with. And I heard, heard it on the last one there, but that was in the rain. Um, you know, boy, I, I, you know, I really like Simon for this track too. I just don't know that the Meyer Shank car is up to it. So, yeah. uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with McLaughlin. That guy's on a bit of a roll lately. You know, yeah. after after having a, a, a mini slump after a great start, he's he's kind of pushes his way back up there. So, all right. So speaking of concussion, we had, uh, we saw Kurt Busch had to sit out Pocono um, and he's going to sit out uh, Indianapolis as well. So he's, uh, he's not yet cleared concussion protocol. So we saw Ty Gibbs in the car at Pocono and we will see Ty Gibbs in the car again. So, but of course the big news coming out of Pocono is we had disqualifications for both Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch. who finished first and second in the race. And then Chase Elliott was declared the winner several hours after the race had happened uh, to the point that, uh, you know, Chase is actually kind of not too thrilled about it. He said he doesn't care if Denny, he said he's not going to celebrate, doesn't care if Denny wants to keep the trophy. Um, so, but uh, this for NASCAR, this is the first time we've disqualified a winner on a cup level in 62 years. Yeah, what happened in 60 was that Emmanuel Sarakis won the race, but he got disqualified for having a like a fuel tank too big, so they gave it to Joe Weatherly. For this ordeal with Hamlin and Kyle Busch involves a little tape and body like paint wrap modifications, which we've seen people find competitive edges in the sport. We looked at the ride with Jeff Gordon. They've done so many things with the car that NASCAR wrote a whole book about it, not to bring it out again. <laughs> We saw Bumper Gate where Bobby Allison and the Die Guard team decided to get rid of the whole bumper and all of a sudden he gained an advantage and won the Daytona 500. It's just nothing new, but this is the first time where we see something like tape being a factor and gaining a competitive aerodynamic advantage, which you haven't seen. But we, we well, I'm sure we've seen it, but only this time they got caught when those two guys that at all in all fairness have struggled a good chunk of the year and all of a sudden those two guys were tough to beat of course Hamlin is always good at Pocono no denying he's been good since day one and had that win stuck it would have been his seventh win ever at Pocono which would have surpassed Jeff Gordon's mark at six instead he got to wait another year and 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 while he has the wins under his belt, it still doesn't do him any favors as far as the regular, as far as potentially being on the 
on a bubble in the regular season. Yeah, he has the wins, but this does no favors for him in what's been an agonizing year. Aside from those wins, there's not much to be celebrated for him. And that just added the flesh in the wound to the point that he decided to make a Twitter video on selling the champagne and the trophy, tape not included, on eBay, which I don't think it's been up yet. But that's just Hamlin being on, being Hamlin on Twitter. Hamlin being Hamlin. Yeah, I, I did see that one. That was pretty funny. Slightly used bottle of champagne and trophy on eBay now. Yeah. So, but, uh, but, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, uh, a typical Pocono race, though. Um, and again, like you said, that little bit of tape under the things adds an aero advantage. But these cars are so aero sensitive now. You know what I mean? Even, you know, even a small advantage like that, you know, could. Um... With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, you know, could uh, equal a performance advantage. You know, it's, I'm sure it's not huge. You know, like this, these guys didn't lap the field or anything, but they certainly... Uh, perform quite well in the race and you know that that extra tape keeps the keeps the wrap from kind of deforming and uh putting a little lip back in the uh in the bumper that they try to stretch the wrap to cover so but uh, either way it's a little bit of a black eye for for the gibbs team um nascar did their best to uh you know kind of uh clear the air and and, and let everybody know that was going on because uh again it's, it's been a long time since they've uh, disqualified a guy uh, that's won a cup race, but uh, it shows that they're serious and other, other teams will certainly take heed. I'm sure um, they'll find different ways to cheat. So, but, you know, cause cheating, cheating is a part of NASCAR culture. Yeah. So. And it's been, and it's been Evan inedible for eminent for a while that at some point we're going to see that one DQ cup winner since this format was implemented in 2019. And I felt like at the beginning of the year, somebody would get disqualified out of a cup win. And lo and behold, it happens at Pocono. It also involves, the, but not just the winner, but second place whose, whose car was the title sponsor of the race. That's going to be leaving them anyways, which puts Kyle Busch in a very vulnerable situation, still not having a right. He may not, he, there's a good chance he might not have one. Yep. Kyle Bush still looking for a contract for next year. So uh, maybe he should call Alex Palou's lawyers because Palou's got two. So, <laughs> but, but anyway, so, but we're off to uh, the Indianapolis. If it's, good enough, if it's good enough for Jimmy. If it's good enough for Jimmy, it's good enough for Kyle. Right. So, um, and, and heck, Kurt, Kurt did an IndyCar race, did the 500 a couple years ago. So, and again, speaking of Kurt, I wish him well. Can't wait to see him back in the car. But another good opportunity for young Ty Dillon. I think he ran, what did he run, 15th? He finished 18th, 18th initially, and Gibbs got 16th after the double DQ. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's right. He picked up two spots. But it's not bad for a cup de- debut when he found out the night before. You know, obviously, the you know, the car's set up for Kurt. And uh, so and he's wearing Kurt's driver's suit because somebody had pointed out to his, oh, look. He's got the badge that says NASCAR Cup champion on his uh, driver's suit because he was wearing Kurt's driver's suit. So yeah, I think the uh, the Toyota embroider was a little bit busy on Saturday night to uh, to get that changed. 
yeah yeah <laughs> anyway yeah. so um so we're off to indianapolis uh, xfinity and uh nascar both the, the interesting news is that uh, daniel kvyat former formula one driver guy to russia will be making his cup debut um his first time in a in a in a an american big stocker i don't know what his previous experience in Russia was, but I believe it's mostly single seaters. I don't know if he's run any kind of saloon races or anything early in his career, but uh, yeah, kind of an interesting, you know, out of nowhere choice, you know, Kvyat, who was uh, at, at one time a Red Bull driver. We haven't uh, heard much from him uh, since he's exited Formula One. So uh, showing up in a cup race, pretty interesting. He's also, I mean, he was Ferrari and Alpine's reserve driver. So he's, He's highly regarded in many ways. You know, that reserve driver role is pretty critical to car development. Um, so, you know, he's obviously been keeping himself sharp. And I think he's done some of the uh, endurance work as well for uh, the Alpine squad. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he does in a, a relatively small, low-budget team. Um, but obviously, you know, that's part of the the appeal of this, um, you know, new, new, new next-gen car is that uh, you can go racing relatively cheap. So... It'd be interesting to see what they can do. Right. So, and okay. Speaking of the next gen car, that's another topic I wanted to touch on when we're talking about the Kurt Busch situation, uh, where he's here, he has two races in a row, not gonna be able to race. Uh, a couple of drivers have come out and said that, that for just because the car is more solid, that the hits feel a whole lot harder. Um, mm-hmm. Is there, is there, is there, is there any kind of evidence to suggest <laughs> that, that they would be, hitting with more G's or, or a higher impact, or is it, or is it just, you well, feel like just, it just feels like it's a harder hit. I mean, I, you, go because ahead. I, because I want to say the crash sure. data said that the cars were giving them less hits of G's. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, you know, NASCAR have been very prominent with this and releasing some of the data. There's obviously that robot car that they had, at, I think it was Talladega. They crashed. Uh, where, where they went through this and, uh, you know, they, they've been very extensive with their, you know, the data handling and the, the data presentation of this. Um, I mean, there's lots of, you know, it's very difficult to um, draw a direct conclusion to this because there are so many factors and dynamics that go into, um, you know, an impact like that. And I think Kurt's big issue was that he had a double hit. Uh, it wasn't that he had just one hit. It was the fact that the, after he hit the wall the first time, the car snapped, to, snapped around so fast that your body is still going through that first impact before, you know, when you hit the wall for a second time. So, you're, you know, it's a very unusual dynamic uh, to be involved with there. And, and unfortunately, that's probably what's uh, caused the issue. But Another thing to consider as well that I think a lot of people don't realize is the medical care and the medical uh, scrutiny now is far, far more stringent. Um, Five years ago, Kurt would have raced Pocono and had a bit of a sore head the next day and have at it, boys. You know, Uh, you look at what Dale Earnhardt Jr. went through. You know, he had those numerous concussions and it wasn't until he got towards the end of his career and he actually sat down and talked with some you know, real neurology, uh, neurologists and professionals in the in the area that said, look, you know, you're doing yourself a real danger here. Um, so I think that's a combination of, of what we're seeing here. But I think the fact that, uh, yeah, you know, the um, 
the double hit and also the slightly more stringent medical um, assessment that these drivers are having to go through on a, on a regular basis is is making it maybe feel appear a little bit worse. Yeah, because that's that kind of confirms my assertion that I don't believe that the car is any less safe than than, no. than, than the prior no. one because they I actually read a stat that we've had uh, more crashes this year than. Uh, by this point last year uh and yet this is you know this is the only this is the first time we've got a, a driver with a significant injury so but yeah. anyway we wish kurt well and, and again he he's one of the older guys too so you know sometimes yeah. and and you know he's had his share of hits over the years you know to mm-hmm. uh, kind yeah, of pa- 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 this pa- year at the end of the <laughs> yeah race. yeah to parallel the uh the earnhardt situation yeah <laughs> and and this is part of it as well and this is what makes it so difficult. Um, you know, another driver could have been in exactly the same accident and walked away and have zero. You know, concussion is one of these, uh, unfortunately, obscure injuries. Uh, you know, you can't predict it and you can't, um, you know, it's hard to understand the dynamics because each individual is so very, very different. And, you know, you look at Joseph's in, you know, accident. It wasn't a particularly big hit, but and it wasn't initially obvious. Uh, you know, it's something that manifests itself, you know, three or four hours after the incident. Um, so, you know, you, but you've also got to give credit to the NASCAR medical team. Um, you know, they have a responsibility to the driver's well-being and the driver's safety. I think NASCAR probably more so than any other sporting uh, motorsport series has maybe come for a little bit of criticism for their attitude towards safety and some of the on-track behavior that has potentially caused safety issues so you know obviously from this extent i think it uh, you know it, it's a shame not to see kurt racing because he's a fantastic driver but uh, i think they've made the right call here and uh, you know they have to accept it and uh, you know missing a couple of races is, is far better than the the other you know possible outcome right and kurt's been very gracious and open about it too you know he sees he said that his his health is very important to him and then you know he's gonna follow his doctor's orders you know yep so all right so want to pick a winner for uh the indy grand prix there louise or the not the indy grand prix what do they call it the it's not the brickyard anymore it's the it's the pe- verizon pe- 200 pe- the verizon 200 200 what was your and what you could say about penske before i said the actual title oh and i was gonna say the, the Pennzoil. Oh, it's the, the, X, the Xfinity race is the Penzo, right? Penzo, I believe so. at the, I don't know. But yeah, the Verizon 200. I'm going to go. I, I'm going to go with Chase Briscoe on this one. I, I made a bolder pick, but I'm going to go with a safer rub with Briscoe on this one. All right. And uh, I don't even know who I like for this race because this race was such a problematic last year problematic for the cup guys but uh, i, I want to say a guy like um you know it's hard to go against chase elliott um on a road course and he's really having a great year this year so yeah i'll, I'll take chase elliott and say that he he gets a win where he feels like he can keep the trophy so <laughs> yeah i mean he, it's been a career it's honestly been a career year with four wins to his name and well running away with the regular season champion oh yeah he's, he's leading all the stats you know so a uh, great year for him just you know so hopefully he can keep it together during the playoffs and uh you know because there there were some folks felt that his first championship was mickey mouse is the term they like to use but uh you know again he won it fair and square according to the rules that are given to him so yeah because those people that call it mickey mouse have won how many championships between them 
Uh, well, uh, no. <laughs> so, all right. So, Formula One uh, was uh, in France. Yep. And Charles Leclerc, who's from France, he's in the wall. Is uh, he's from Monaco? From Monaco. Oh, I thought he was French. Not from France. No, he's no, from Monaco. Monacasque. Mon- yeah. Monacasque. Okay. Ocon is from France, though. Yep. Well, Ocon didn't win either. So, but anyway, yeah. Nope. So, so Leclerc had had you know had a great qualifying start from the pole, um, yep. lead, leading the race. Pure, yeah, doing everything pure, you need to be. Pure driver error on his part. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was a shame, you know. But, but this is part of the the learning process. This is the first time that Charles really been in a title fight. Um, you know, with another world-class driver and you know, he's being pushed and he's having to push as well. Um, but, you know, let's not forget, you know, we, we look at Lewis Hamilton, one of the greatest drivers in the history of the sport. You know, look at his, you know, his, his, his first year when he's involved with a, uh, you know, a title fight, he made numerous mistakes in that rookie year, which ultimately cost him the title. So, you know, it's to be expected. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, when you're at Ferrari, uh, the spotlight is on you, and uh, yeah, these mistakes are, are hard to swallow. And uh, it'll be a real test for Charles' mental, you know, mental strength. Uh, good news for him is there's a race coming up this week uh, in, in Hungary, and he can get right back on it, and he can go and do what he needs to do. Um, I don't think there's there's many people that would doubt over the last two or three races that um, uh, you know the Ferrari has been the quicker car than the Red Bull. Um, and they just haven't executed properly uh, and haven't won, you know, the number of races they're probably expected up till now. Uh, you know, Leclerc's made a couple of mistakes so far this season that he's very publicly admitted to. Uh, you know, this one in, in France and then one earlier in the year in, in Imola. Uh, but also Ferrari have made mistakes with, uh, you know, you look at Monaco's strategy call, the engine failures in uh, in Baku and, uh, in, and Barcelona. So, there's, 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 you know, it, it, very rarely do you lose a championship because of one reason. Um, and uh, I think that, um, you know, Charles can step up his game, um, not necessarily in terms of raw speed, because I think he's as fast as anybody out there, but in terms of execution and, and um, you know, winning the races where he's fastest. So, yeah, he, you know, he basically handed the race to Max on a plate and, uh, you know, they did what they needed to do. Um, the two uh, two Mercedes, you know, finished on the podium for the first time this season. Um, so an, another encouraging performance by them. It's pretty obvious now that they're the, the third, um, third-ranked third team, if you like, uh, behind Ferrari and Red Bull. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, he, the Paul Ricard is... is it's an interesting track. It's a you know it's a great track to watch a single lap over because it's a pretty demanding circuit in spots. But uh, but then it's it's also not the greatest track um, for out and out racing. Um, so we'll see where it goes with that one. But I think if, you know French Grand Prix is important. You know you've got one of the main engine manufacturers is is, is a French you know obviously with Renault and the Alpine team is a French. Uh, French manufacturers and, and you know Grand Prix racing, you know, has its histories very much in the um, you know French nation. So um, yeah, it'll be 
you know, it, interesting to see where Leclerc goes from here. But uh, yeah, it does look more and more like Verstappen's going to uh, walk away with this championship. Yeah, see, uh, the unfortunate thing for Ferrari is every time Ferrari stumbles, Verstappen is right there to scoop up the win. Yeah, you yeah, know, exactly. so uh, you know, so it's not like uh, <laughs> they can get lucky enough to have a Verstappen have a bad day on the same day they do and let you know, like a McLaren or something win. So, yeah. but, but it's, uh, it's it's massively important, I think, for Leclerc to win in Hungary this weekend. Um, you know, I was actually talking to uh, Charles Leclerc's race engineer a couple of weeks ago after their their win in Austria, and I said to him, you know, you really need to go out and win, 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 uh, win France and Hungary. And I, I I put the knockers on that one, didn't I? There we go. I sort of cursed him for that one. But you know, it 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 is a huge thing that they win this race going into the uh, mid season break. You know, give the team the confidence. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not he can't afford to get, fall any farther back in the standings. No, no. And the, the weather forecast Saturday in in Budapest looks wet. Uh, Sunday morning looks wet, potentially drying as you get to the walk towards the race hours. So, and we've seen that in the past. You know, uh, Hungary has had some interesting races in the last few years with a drying track. You know, we think of a couple of years ago when Max Verstappen actually crashed out on his way to the grid, and they had to replace a tow link on the grid, which normally takes a good half hour, and they did it in 10 minutes or so and ended up getting a P2. Um, so, uh, you know, it could be an interesting race this weekend. Yeah, so, so who do you like? Hungary's, so, Hungary's one of those circuits that needs rain. So who do you like for this weekend then? I, I still think Leclerc. I mean, I really do. I think Okay, you know, yeah, all right. So Very good. I'm not going to knock him on that one. Yeah, Louise? I'm going to go... I actually think he's going to do it. I think the, the winning streak will continue for Lewis Hamilton. I'm going to go with him. That's my surprise pick. His winning streak will continue? As far as his career wins. Not okay. Uh, as far as it winning, yeah. Okay. Win, every winning, year, yeah. Winning, winning every year. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, there was a weird stat. This, this was uh, Lewis's 300th Grand Prix. And they said nobody has won a Grand Prix after 300 starts. Mm. Uh, I mean, so not we many have, has made it to 300 except for well, the more yeah. recent drivers. Yeah, well, it's, well, more recent drivers have had longer careers and uh, longer seasons as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but they said, uh, yeah, they, you know, but there's a couple of guys there still running. Like Alonzo is also over 300 starts. Uh, so, uh, and uh, if, if he were to pull one out of thin air, uh, you know, that, that would break that stat as well. But I don't I don't see Lewis going winless the rest of his career. So uh, I think Lewis is probably a good pick for Hungary. That being said, you guys left me Max, so I'll take him. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Max, and speaking of Red Bull, uh, we got some big news with uh, Porsche set to buy 50% of Red Bull. Now, Porsche, we, we know that they're going to enter the series, I think. Is it 2026? Yes. Yes. So, and uh, Audi's is supposed to be in there as well. Evidently. Yeah, Audi, they're a little, Audi, bit, uh, uh, yeah, little Audi, bit later on the announcement. They're going in with Sauber. With Sauber, yeah, they're looking to purchase it. Or in, whoever. In, right, right. So, uh, so, this is pretty huge news. Porsche's not been in Formula One for... A while, mm-hmm. I want to say, is it is it yeah. since is it since they had the, uh, the the tag engine with McLaren? Yeah, back in the back in the nineties, <laughs> uh, I think, or like eighties, wasn't it? Eighties and nineties. But uh, I think you got to be a little bit careful here. I think, in all fairness, what we look at when we say Porsche are entering Formula One, well, they're buying into a team. 
that engine, no matter what name you could call it, Billy Bob's Racing Engines, and it'd still be a legacy Honda into the Red Bull, you know, system. This is not a Porsche engine. This is a, a continuation of what Red Bull Powertrain are doing, just with a and you know, basically Porsche are paying for it. Um, you know, all those people that have been hired by Red Bull Powertrain aren't going to suddenly lose their job and you know, a Porsche engine supplier come along and, you know, with a load of new people. Um, I think the interesting dynamic is going to be what this Audi engine is. Is the Audi engine going to be just a rebadged Porsche engine, considering they're all part of the VW family? Um, but, yeah, I think there's a little bit of a, a misnomer here and a misconception about what this actually really means. It's not like when Honda came back into the sport and they built an engine from scratch. Um, which was big news. I think this is just a, almost like one of those business-to-business deals um, made to look a bit more glossy than it really is. Yeah, well, we've seen a lot of, you know, engines that are badged as a particular brand name that really have nothing to do with the brand name other than the funding. So, but uh, but I want to say Porsche with their, you know, their, their engineering prowess and their and their racing history would would probably have more involvement than just, slapping their name on the thing but but maybe i'm wrong because because we're talking still talking 2026 that many years away and we're talking about the new uh regs with the biofuels and these sort of things which uh which uh the volkswagen group has a, a big interest in yeah i i think that uh you know fundamentally it is it's a big yeah it's a it's a big shot in the arm and a big um, you know, check mark next to what Liberty are trying to do here, isn't it? And I think it all, you know, does promote the health of Formula One in the current platform that they're trying to develop. Um, so yeah, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see how that grows and, and continues over the next few years, really. All right. So, and speaking of what Liberty is trying to do and the, the quest for an American driver, uh, Logan Sargent, who's in Formula Two. Is uh, really having a great season. There've been a couple of articles about him come out this past week. So, uh, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? I know that the Formula Two to Formula One. It looks like there's there's just not a lot of seats going to open up Formula One any, anytime soon. But uh, no. uh, yeah. So, but uh, and well, and... this is so. Logan Sargent is is backed by the Williams and the um, Dalton Capital Group. Uh, has been for a number of years now. Um, and, and that's where there's this dynamic and, and some of the murmurings have come about because, you know, to be truthful, you know, Logan Sargent's run a little bit under the radar for the last few years. And then all of a sudden he's gotten to Formula 2 and, he, you know, he started off reasonably slow, but then he's slow, but he's, he's won two or three races uh, recently and really propelled himself. I think he was second in the championship going into Paul Ricard. I think he's now dropped down to third. But, excuse me, there's no, no shame in that. Um, but... Uh, I think Willie, you know, Williams are going to. Uh, I think Latifi's done at the end of the year. I think the the strength now of the um, I don't want to call it franchise model that Formula One has adopted, but certainly the financial strength of Formula One and the financial strength of these teams at the moment means that a team like Williams doesn't necessarily need to rely on uh, pay drivers. Which, as as competent as Nicholas Latifi is, uh, he he is a you know he does you know he got that drive fundamentally because. His family did bring a lot of sponsorship to the team. Um, 
you know, so, so they're looking at either running Logan Sargent or potentially um, Oscar Piastri. Uh, I, I think it's looking more and more like Oscar Piastri will partner out as Albon at Williams next year. Uh, you know, Alpine have said that both Alonso and Piastri will be on the grid next year. Um, I'm pretty certain that means Alonso has at least a one-year contract extension. I think the talk is that um, uh, Alonso wants a two-year contract extension with with Alpine, and they only necessarily want to give him a one-year contract extension. But uh, um, you know, I'm sure they can work out some performance-related clauses in there, and that could see Piastri go to Williams for a year or two uh, on a, on a loan sort of basis. Because uh, certainly Piastri is one of these drivers that uh, deserves the the exposure to Formula One and the opportunity to race there. He's, he's his performances in Formula Two were, were pretty impressive last year, and uh, you know Alpine rating very highly. So uh, I think Logan Sargent will be around Formula One next year potentially as a Williams reserve driver and doing a few free practice sessions. Um, and whether you know he he can stick around for a couple of years and then take up that seat once Piastri maybe moves uh, to the Alpine team, obviously. Goodness me, a lot happens in Formula One from a week-to-week basis here, and we're trying to predict driver lineups two or three years out. But uh, I think he's probably the closest American-based driver right now to getting into the sport. You know, obviously there's been the talk of um, Colin Hurt and guys like that, but uh, you know, I think Logan Sargent is going through it the right way, and he's getting results at the levels that the Formula One bosses can quantify. You know, they know what a guy who finishes second or third in the uh, Formula Two Championship is capable of they don't necessarily know what a guy who finishes eighth in the IndyCar championship with a good reputation is, is, is capable of. Obviously, McLaren do now know with her to having tested him. But, you know, you, you do have a limited data set with these young guys. And uh, I think Sargent's probably in the in the pole position for uh, for one of those seats in the coming years. Absolutely. So let's, while we're talking about Americans in Formula One, <laughs> have, we, have we heard any movement on the, the Andretti team or is that, that whole thing seems to have, uh, that I whole thing seems to have stalled. I think, yeah. I think the ship has sailed, honestly. I think it has. Um, I think, you know, as you say, Louis, I think the, the ship sailed on that one. And it's a shame, really, but I think because of the health of Formula One and the money that these teams are bringing in now, I mean, three or four years ago, the you know two or three teams were on the verge of going out of business. You know Williams was certainly struggling, Cyber was certainly struggling, Haas was certainly not exactly flush with cash. But with what Liberty have managed to achieve, um, you know the money is pretty free flowing in Formula One now, especially with these budget caps. Um, so where would the incentive be for the Formula One existing Formula One teams to dilute that? revenue stream for them um and it's a shame that that's the mentality but it's like any other franchise sport if you if you were to turn around and add two nfl teams into the the roster you know that would dilute you know dilute the um tv revenue to the other teams so where's the incentive of them to 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 vote for that and to approve that um you know but as i say that is the, the 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 nature of the success or one of the um you know, downsides of the success that we're seeing in Formula One is it becoming a little bit of a closed club right now. Yeah, and I think it's sad because I think twenty cars on the grid is light. You know what I mean? I really feel like yeah, that's, that's a light. More you know what I mean? Hurt, it? Yeah, it wouldn't hurt, especially the time period when we had twenty four. And obviously, when before I even started watching Formula One, there was at one point twenty six to even thirty five cars where they had to have pre qualifying sessions. It's come a long ways, but 
Yeah, I it, mean, obviously, you would never get back to that stage with no. the logistics and the expense of traveling to these races. You know, you you we want to guarantee yourself a return, but I think twenty two maybe. Well, you see, again, we go to another aspect here. You know, the uh, amenities at these tracks. You know, they're not designed necessarily for twenty four, twenty six teams. This is true. You know, these, these teams like to spread out and, uh, you know, take up as much space as possible. And if you, you stick another two teams in there, you know, they're all going to lose that little bit of garage real estate. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's not something, you know, that they're going to vote for. Uh, you know, look at Monaco, for example. You know, well, Monaco is always an extreme when we come to discuss anything with regards to Formula One. But, uh, you know, you, you stick another one or two teams in that uh, pit lane there and, uh, you know, you're going to have to have floating garages anytime soon. Well, they've, yeah. got a, they've got a harbor right there to float the garages. Exactly. They could build the Gilligan's Island and all that to do is hold them up for 15 seconds. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Which fun. I'm sure will be fun for for Williams at Aston Martin. Not. So, what, yeah. so now, now you wonder what happens to all this money Mike Landretti evidently raised, right? Does he have to give it back? You know, well, or, or is it not? It's probably probably not in his pocket yet. Yeah, it's probably uh, on, on paper that's uh, yeah. If you get the team, this is what we'll invest. So, yeah, it, it's a shame though because I'd love to see. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see um, you know the Andretti name back in Formula One. I'd, I'd like to see uh, see what they could do, but uh, if it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. So. All right, then. Well, that's got us just about out of time, guys. So uh, I want to thank you, Richard and Louise. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network. I want to thank Spreaker, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcasts, and YouTunes. I want to thank uh, Mark Dill and uh, Legend of First Super Speedway and Dan Blay Racing Art. But uh, certainly I want to thank you folks who listen to us every week. But until then, good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.